today on CityCast Madison. It's summer vacation time, baby, and CityCast Madison is on the road. Every day this week, every day this week, we are visiting some of the biggest tourist attractions that the Madison area has to offer and asking the question, as a local, should I go? Is it worth all the hype? We'll give you the lowdown. Today, we're checking out the home of one of our most famous residents, the architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Yes, the guy who designed the Guggenheim in New York and closer to us, the Monona Terrace. We're at Taliesin in Spring Green, Wisconsin. It was the house that Wright built for his lover more than a hundred years ago. The estate is now run by a private foundation and is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's Monday, July 10th. I'm Bianca Martin, and it's Tourist Trap Week! Hey, the whole CityCast team's here. Dylan Brogan, Molly Stentz, reporting for duty. Heidi ho Heidi ho Never heard of that Frank Lloyd Wright guy before today. <laughs> Yeah, who knew? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a big deal. <laughs> he is a big deal. Taliesin. He wasn't a big man. We learned that right away. <laughs> no. Yeah, she she repeated that a lot, the tour guide. <laughs> Taliesin, or should we say Taliesin? Yeah, she called it Taliesin, and it was interesting. So the first thing to know about going to Taliesin, I'd say, is just how to get there. Because it's this big old house, and you can see it from the road, but you can't actually drive up to it. So hot tip, you have to go to the Frank Lloyd Wright Visitor Center and buy a ticket and get on a little shuttle. And that's exactly what we did. After a couple tries. (laughs) It's up on a hill. They probably shouldn't have a bunch of cars over there, so it makes sense the way they do it. Their signage is slightly confusing. And if you look to the other side here, you get to see Taliesin for the first time here up close. This is actually Taliesin 3. Thank you. This is actually Taliesin 3. Taliesin has gone through several different incantations, which we'll discuss as we make our way throughout the property today. That was our tour guide, Marlene, by the way. My favorite part of this was absolutely the natural beauty. Hands down. I thought it was gorgeous, stunning, more beautiful than the house itself. Like, I was just in love with the landscape. It was rolling hills and birds, and I just thought, I was like holding my heart half of the time, like, I need to be here, always. (laughs) Same. It's gorgeous. It is like on the edge of the driftless, the unglaciated part of Wisconsin, just so beautiful, rolling hills. It is a beautiful part of the of Wisconsin, or Wyoming, as they call it over there, Wyoming Valley. Well, I hate to be this guy, but I was recently in the Spring Green area, and apparently it's not so much driftless, but there are just fewer drifts. <laughs> what? It's on the edge. They, they it's said. the fewer drifts region. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely impacts the beauty. Okay. What would... F- <laughs> Boy. What would Frank Lloyd Wright say about that? Not romantic. He would hate it. He'd probably spin it. So it sounds like he was like kind of like a, a charlatan, uh, a word that you used earlier, Molly. 
he was like five four. Okay, I made him shorter. Five six. <laughs> he said he wanted to call himself five eight. And apparently he went to like UW, like with a cape and a cane, and was like, I love this top hat. He like stole someone's top from a store or something. He like put a top hat on and walked right out because he's like, everyone's gonna love this top hat. I'm doing this business a favor. There are a lot of stories about his personality. Yeah, and UW interesting that. It sounds like he attended there only very briefly while donning a a top hat and cape and just pranced around town and was like, I don't need this and decided to make it on his own as an architect. And he certainly did that. So what was your Mm -hmm. favorite part? My favorite part, I guess, was I think it did a good job seeing his home. I think that was a really good place to sort of understand him as quite a unique character. I'm not going to use the word genius, but... It is a good summation of why he was so influential because at the, it's not just his house that he was always sort of working on. It was also like this school for uh, his apprentices and it was family land and he was building all this stuff on it. It was this constant evolution. And so, yeah, the building itself, it's a very beautiful building. I mean, it was falling apart in a lot of ways, right? That was interesting. There's parts of the estate right next to the actual Taliesin house where people are still living who have a connection. Like I, I know, I'm so jealous. I did not know that. That's crazy that people are still living there actively. In the old chicken coop, we might add. <laughs> That's a pretty dang attractive chicken coop, if I may say so myself. It is beautiful. So circle all back, I guess my favorite part was Minerva who was the secretary to his wife, Olga, who is now 99 years old or something, and still living on the estate right next to the Taliesin house, which is a little confusing because it's actually the third house because the first two burned down. Yeah, they kept calling it Taliesin 3, like Fast and the Furious 3. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) It was a little strange. (laughs) So that was my favorite part, learning about Minerva. That house is haunted. I just I just have to say it. It's haunted. But we did not get to meet Minerva, although that is now a life goal. That is added to the bucket list. This place is definitely haunted. And I want to talk about that because I had some vibes there. And I wanted to mention, too, like the outside beauty is really nice. But the actual building itself, I'd say this is my second favorite thing. If not favorite thing, it all kind of meshes together. But it was the natural... like the intentionality the fact that he is a an organic architect that's what how they described it a lot of the materials from the land the woods from the land the limestone was quarried on the land sand from wisconsin river and like all of the colors were earth tones and i just everything just felt right like feng shui they like pointed out one thing where there was like some of the decorations had symmetry and mirrored the trees outside everything is windows i mean it was just it's an earth house and i just wanted to plant myself there (laughs) well that was a very innovative especially of his era it wasn't imposing it's supposed to blend right in you're not supposed to put at the top of the hill it's supposed to be on the brow shining brow Oh, that's the name of taliesin i learned that that's what it stands for in Welsh. 
I mean, they literally, he built it to, like, decompose and decay on itself. And they're just like, we're not letting it. <laughs> like, they said that, like, we're, all the money that, that, that you know, your tickets go to pay for restorations of the house. But he wanted it just to fall apart. It didn't even have gutters. Because he liked icicles. Who doesn't? Bianca, I think you got to get into the, another interesting aspect that this is also, like, you said you felt haunted. Well... There was a very grisly murder there. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't see that coming. To set the stage, he grew up in Richland Center. He he was of Wisconsin, and this was his Wisconsin home. But he built it for his mistress, whom he left his first wife for, with whom he had six kids. Wife of 33 years. Left her behind, shacked up with this lady, um, which was quite controversial. Because this is he's still living in the area where he grew up. This is not far from Richland Center and and was apparently quite the scandal. Well, and he was escaping Chicago, which is really where he was doing most of his business and work at the time. So this was kind of to get away from the scandal. He had been run out of two towns already. Yep. So his mom helps him get this land. You, you like talking about that. It's true, though. It must be said, he has a huge portrait of his mom in his study, right? Beautiful portrait. What's wrong with liking your mom? Hey, the tour guide said it, although I said it first. He was a mama's boy. She tried to set him up on this hill of his childhood as a way to like hide him from the world because he made a lot of enemies because he apparently had a lot of debts, didn't pay a lot of bills. Get, get to the murder. Okay, so set the scene. He builds this house for his mistress and has a bunch of students there, as we mentioned, who have come, you know, to be mentored by this man who is proclaimed to be a genius by many. Uh, lots of people are living there. He, you know, he doesn't have dorms, doesn't really have facilities for them. He's like, yeah, sleep in a chicken coop. Ah, here's a... Build your own dorm. That's the first lesson of his school <laughs> slash hippie cult. So, but he had all these people working for him, uh, including one of whom, who did some axe murdering. And arson. And lit the place on fire and burned it down. It was very grisly. It was very, very grisly. Frank Lloyd Wright was not there at the time, which I think is an interesting detail because we don't really know. They did not go into the motives. Our tour guide, Marlene, actually put it pretty well. And for whatever reason, we do not know the reason. We were never told. One of the servants decided that this needed to end. And so basically, he had already purchased some kerosene. That day, they had all sat down for lunch, Mama and her children, and then the workers were in their dining room area as well. They had all sat down for lunch. Um, Carlton was his last name. This gentleman, Julian Carlton, was his name. He basically locked the men in, the, in their room without them being aware of it, basically doused the house in kerosene and lit the building on fire. And then, to make sure the job was done, he took an ax. And he first killed Mama and the children. By that point, the workers were trying to get out of the out of their room and trying to break free. And so seven people were killed here. They kind of breezed over Taliesin too, which also just burnt down. Also burned down. Electric, electrical fire. So what we saw was Taliesin three. So that's the weird thing. It's like everybody's 
flocking to this this pilgrimage, the site of to see this house and study of this man that they adore. And it's like there were axe murderers here. They burned down twice. The foundation is falling in. There were cracks all over the place. The thing has fallen apart. It was not designed with a lot of seemingly structural elements in mind. Longevity. Yeah. It was not supposed to survive. Right? And I just had the feeling like, hmm. (laughs) So your hmm is that casts some doubt on his legacy and, you know, whether he deserves all the, the praise he's gotten over the last 50 years or so. I guess I just bristle at the word genius, which is thrown about all over the place in connection to this man. He had to have been a personality that attracted others. And I think a lot of pe- he played up that genius thing. Narcissist. A, with the rich patrons that thought he was a genius, wanted him to build a house. And he just like, quite frankly, borrowed money from with no intention of paying back or just ran up the bills on houses. But can I just say, I was like, oh, heck nah, after hearing about that fire and murder. And then we went into a study. And personally, I mean, I'm back. I'm like, I'm in heaven. Like, it was so beautiful. Why was it beautiful? Because there were windows everywhere and there's symmetry everywhere. Like, there were like six huge. I mean, like, the idea is like you're basically outside, but you're inside. There's nothing dreamer than that. There's nothing for me. Nothing. <laughs> well, in all the details, like everything is his hands are all over it. Everything, the lamps, the chairs that he cut the legs off of and made short little leg chairs because he was a short man and just everything about that place. It was like he had intentionality about it. And I think that's the most amazing thing about him was that he designed everything around that house and literally everything. I personally am now going to want to see every single thing that he's he's made. It definitely <laughs> felt like going back in time because, as you mentioned, the doorways are really short. The ceilings are really short. What is it about short men and their visions of grandeur? I'm just asking the question. I mean, if he is a genius, it's his eye for detail and a unity in design. That's the legacy. And I think the fact that he had all these apprentices is what really cemented things because years after he was dead, his influence like sort of carried through all these other people that had this connection to him. Dylan, you know, you said that uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's hands were on everything within there. You know, his hands were not on everything. Ours, we couldn't touch a dang thing. And someone tried to touch his desk and was caught immediately. There was a lot of talking, so I think that's a good thing to let people know. You're not really exploring on your own. This place is a UNESCO site. It's very, it's treated like that. There's a lot of talking, a lot of history. So anyone who really had an interest in Frank Lloyd Wright, I think, would be a good person to bring. So I'd say, like, mom, dad, aunt. Terrible place to bring a child, though. Yes. Mm, Yeah, and by a lot of talking, specifically from the docent, literally no one else. I noted that. (laughs) We were quiet. Oh, I ask questions, but you know me. But it is interesting. It is interesting. It feels like a time capsule, you know, peering backward in time. <laughs> There's like tons of Asian influence and lots of Buddhist statues. And you, and you don't get to see a bathroom, which is really weird to me that you don't get to see one bathroom. Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. But fits because his whole thing was like anti-pragmatism. <laughs> Gutters? Nah, who needs them? Foundations? Pfft. 
detail. Well, I will say about going back in time, like I totally agree with Dylan in terms of who to bring. So overall, would you say it's worth going as a local? Is it worth it? What's your rating? Bianca? Top stars. I've never loved anything more. I'd like to live there. Five old fashions. A perfect score? Wow. A perfect score. It's proper Bill Moyers interviewing Joseph Campbell dreams. <laughs> Sorry, what did I just do with that? We're floored. Dylan, what you got? I give it four out of five old fashions because it delivers on its promise. It's exactly kind of what you expect. And I just would like to note that, you know, we took just like the two hour house tour. There's also all these other houses and barn and all sorts of stuff that you could spend the whole day there exploring. And I think you do get a great sense of who this, I mean, he was a maniac, but he was a very influential maniac who was good at architecture. But not engineering. <laughs> the the fact that he somehow was always in debt, yet got to do all these amazing things and was a procrastinator, those are endearing things for Ugh. me. Ugh, I'm over it. So what, what about you, Molly? I gotta keep it real. And I here's what I liked about it. I liked that it's a piece of history in Wisconsin. And I love visiting places in Wisconsin that were built by weirdos. And this definitely qualifies. I would put this up there with, you know, the Dickieville Grotto and any number of interesting places built by weirdos. But I can't divorce I, I can't divorce the building from from the man in the context and I just think there's a little too much hagiography around him. I mean I just there's a little too much hero worship for me. I don't subscribe to that. I see the hate mail coming at me already. Monster. Yeah, how many old fashions? How many old fashions? Three. Three out of five. Oh, that's better than I thought you were going to give it. Yes. No, I, I love the landscape and I love the, the attention to natural design. That is the most compelling part of his vision for me. I, that part resonates with me very much, but I just don't subscribe to a lot of the the other hero worship around it. And I also think it, it does have to be said that the buildings did not stand the test of time in a lot of ways. There were huge design flaws in them. Like a lot of them leak. And like the one we went to, the foundation was falling in. Well, that's what they said. He wanted to do that way. It wasn't supposed to last. Yeah. He wanted it to fall apart, which is like kind of beautiful, you know, entropy. No, <laughs> no, that's just poor design. I'm sorry. Well, one thing we can all agree on, which I'm just going to say for all of us and not get your opinion, is I had such a good time hanging out with you guys there. So there you have it, folks. Average rating of four out of five old fashions. Hey, thanks for coming on our tour of Taliesin in Spring Green, Wisconsin. Have you been? What's your take? Was Frank Lloyd Wright a misunderstood genius, a bold experimenter ahead of his time, or a narcissistic hype man who built leaky buildings that were not made to last? All of the above? Too soon? Too late? We're at Madison at citycast.fm. Spill the tea. And here's what else Madison's talking about. 
Reproductive rights. Here's the latest. Wisconsin may be heading toward offering legal abortions again. You remember the law that's on the books here? The one we've all been calling the 1849 abortion ban? Well, a Dane County judge says it doesn't exist. On Friday, Judge Diane Schlipper said that the 1849 abortion ban is not actually a ban on abortion. She said the old law instead refers to feticide, which has a different legal definition. She's letting a lawsuit from Attorney General Josh Call continue. Call says that the 1849 law is not in effect because more recent abortion laws have been passed since then. If he wins, medical providers could offer abortions again in Wisconsin, at least up until 20 weeks of pregnancy, which is another abortion law on the books. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with someone who lives in the fewer drifts region and then get their take on Taliesin. Tomorrow, we're heading to a house of entirely different proportions. We'll just leave it at that. Want to come along? Catch you then. Thirty-eight, ninety-two, twenty-four. What is that? I'm testing my levels. Eight, six, seven, seven five, five, three, oh, nine. nine. That is exactly what I thought of.